Hey, this is Shamina. This is the Two Quick Things podcast. Topic number one, public student loan forgiveness. Now, let me lead into this by telling y'all that I am not an expert on the subject. Um, I am blessed to have been able to pay off my student loans prior to um, any mention of the student loan forgiveness program, kind of expanding there, the tempor- temporarily expanding the qualifications under which somebody could get uh, all or part of their student loans forgiven. With that, I am connected to that via my spouse. So I'm not going to tell her story, but I just want to give a little bit of light on a few things related to that program. And normally I don't do like informational stuff like this, but this is too good of an opportunity to pass by. So if you have worked at a nonprofit, if you have worked at some place that maybe doesn't call themselves a nonprofit or is a 501c3, whatever, if you work in education, if you work generally, if you work for the government. So when I say education, you do not have to be a teacher. You can be an administrator. You can be, I don't know, the lunch person, uh, the bus driver. You work in education. You likely, unless you have worked for a for-profit college university um, type of institution or organization, you likely qualify for public student loan forgiveness if you have federal student loans. Lots of people, by and large, have federal student loans, and maybe they don't realize that they do. But I really want to impress a few things. Number one, do the things that, um, yes, it's jumping through rings of fire and hoops. But if at the end of the day that results in you getting your student loans forgiven, girl, jump through the ring of fire. You better put a blanket on and jump through that ring of fire. I have seen and heard people getting fifty, sixty, seventy thousand dollars $70,000 of student loans completed because of this temporarily expanded student loan forgiveness program. I will try to remember, figure out how to put links in the in the show notes, but it is out there. If you Google TE, so temporary extension, PSLF, public student loan forgiveness, you will find the form, the details. There are deadlines associated with this. Um, and likely I'm not the first person that has been spewing this or talking about this. You've probably heard it and been like, oh, I don't qualify. Look into getting that forgiven. You never know, because even if it doesn't fully get forgiven, there are, there are many instances in which they count t- months towards um, the 120 some odd payments that you would have to complete or 120 slash 10 years. Um, and maybe you've completed five years of those and you were like, oh, I never applied because I either had to be on that real shitty um, income driven one where they basically want you to be broke, broke in order to and then work at a, a nonprofit or in education or the government and be further broke to be eligible for that forgiveness. And you're like, yeah, that's not going to work. But maybe you have worked enough through this temporarily temporary extension um, to be able to qualify for some of those months being covered and counting. The pandemic months, for the most part, when federal student loans were frozen and you weren't accruing interest and you weren't having to pay, a lot of that is counting towards that 120 months. If you're like, I don't, I don't even know where to start. Google what I just told you, PSF, PSLF, temp. You will find the form. You will find the instructions. The form is remarkably easy. I fill it out and complete it all the time for current employees that I work with, for former employees that like, oh, I didn't think it qualified, so I didn't do it. And they reach back out three years later because they have been, uh, they were part of the organization way back when, after 2007, because that's when the public student loan forgiveness program started. And they're getting, they're finding that there are, some of these months have counted because they've been paying on time. And they've been consistent. 
and they've been paying a long time. So the moral of the story is sometimes you just got to jump through the little ring of fire to get the stuff done and to get it counted. It does require you to be persistent. It does require you to reach out perhaps to an old employer so that the appropriate representative can sign off. And it's usually the HR person. If it's somewhere tiny, you just may need to check and see is the HR person, is it the operations person, is it the CEO, ED, whatever the case may be. But I cannot impress upon anybody enough get that those loans forgiven in whatever way that you can. Don't count yourself off because you think you don't qualify. Let somebody else tell you no. Don't tell yourself no because you could be out tens of thousands of dollars when somebody could have picked up the, the tab. I was going to say Uncle Sam, but I don't know him or the horse he rode in on. But don't let the money or the fear that somebody's going to say no to you stop you from looking into it because you've already told yourself no. Let them tell you no if they're going to tell you no. And they usually will give you some sort of instruction on like, oh, it doesn't qualify for this reason. Or it's uh, when they first started, it had to be a wet signature. It couldn't be like DocuSign. Um, they may have updated that now, but I always do wet signature because that's just how I roll because I don't want to be the reason that somebody's application doesn't go through. So please, please, please look into uh, that loan forgiveness program, even if you don't think you qualify. Okay. So for the one that's the temporary extension, and then the one that just recently came out that I don't know as much about, but it's around their income limits to it, and you get more money if you had a Pell Grant. Um, so please, please, please look into that. Let somebody else tell you no before you tell yourself no. And like when I tell you the form is easy, as long as you know your name, your social security number, your address, your employer will know all of the other information because they should be able to look you up in the payroll system and see the dates of your employment. They'll have that federal employee ID number uh, because every nonprofit or 501c3 has one. So I'm gonna get off that soapbox. But when I tell you, you you're walking away from free money, if you tell yourself no and don't let somebody else tell you no, then that's on you. I mean, it's gonna be not great if they tell you no after you tried. That's fine. But in however... You tried, you put forth the effort. And in the grand scheme of things, the effort is pretty minimal. Like when I tell you the form is just two pages that need to be completed, it's that as long as you know your name and who you are, it is simpler than you think. So reach out to that former employer. You're not gonna be the first person, I guarantee you. And you sure not gonna be the last person that has uh, documentation or paperwork related to public student loan forgiveness. So I'm gonna get off that soapbox of like damn near seven minutes. The other topic, topic number two, um, is this thing that's rolling around called quiet quitting. Um, and I'm not gonna go too, into too much detail about it, but I wanna highlight a few things that have, that I've either been reading or I've listened to podcasts about, watched interviews on TV or online um, about quiet quitting. Let me just say this. On any bad day when somebody pisses you off at work, you have probably quiet quit. I know I'm not the only one. And I know some folks that I work with currently and in the past listen to this. You, Everybody has quiet quit at some point. Somebody has pissed you off just enough during the day where you're like, I know this motherfucker is talking to me crazy. I know they didn't send this slick ass email. And you're like, what is? Let, let me just do the thing that is my job on paper. So maybe one of the, the, the things that I wanted to want myself and for you to think about is quiet quitting ebbs and flows. It's got a cutesy little name right now, but people have been doing it since the dawn of time. Folks have been doing it regularly. 
you probably did it in the last month and didn't call it quiet quitting because you weren't really quitting the job, but you just got fed up about something. You're like, they don't pay me enough to deal with this mess. And then you've been like, let me just stay in my lane, do the work that's assigned to me in my job description. And I'm not taking on any additional projects for growth or to, to look good in front of the boss to perhaps get a promotion. Or, you know, I've heard this, the term around like a silent promotion where you just get more work and nothing else changes. Um, which I thought was a little bit funny. Uh, but then there's also like the quiet firing, um, where you, it's, it, the way that I understand it is like your employer, perhaps your supervisor just begins to invest less and less, um, in your growth and development. And sometimes those things are connected. So you quiet quit and I'm a supervisor and I'm like, they're, they're barely given the bare minimum. Why am I not going to continue to push, uh, to help them to be better, to improve. And that doesn't mean I've given up on the person or a supervisor has given up on the person. They just, it's almost like game recognized game. You gonna do less? Okay, well then let me put my energy where I feel like uh, folks are you know, focused and intentional about the work. And you can be focused and intentional and still quiet quit. It seems like this, like it's this hot topic that people are either talking about a whole lot or people are not talking about it all because they're afraid that it's happening at your job. If you work with other people, it's happening at your job. Nobody's announcing it. They're, they're not putting a quiet quitting quote at the end of their email to be like, and now I'm quiet quitting and this is how I'm doing it. They're just doing it. Um, but I think there's a there's an opportunity in this for us to uh, start to honor people's boundaries because that's a lot of kind of the subtext of what I'm seeing and reading and how I'm understanding this idea of quiet quitting is that people are putting up boundaries. You are no longer going to receive a message from me at 7 p.m. You are going to be do not disturbed at five o'clock when I clock out. These are just some examples. Um, I don't need the extra work or the, the, the limelight of this next project or to be the spotlight and because to be honest, you're going to pay me the same thing any anyway. But like, just let's just keep it a buck on that. Um, and that's not for all environments. There are some environments that are set up and uh, pathways for different levels of compensation, bonuses, um, merit or otherwise tenure. Not every place has the capacity to do that. Um, and so I want to invite people to think like this is happening all the time. You've probably done it within the last month of it, the, the last six months, because you just got fed up and you said, they don't pay me enough of this. And you quiet quit for maybe a, a few days or a week. And then you got passionate about something that you're working on and you got excited and you started to invest. Uh, I don't want to even say more, but maybe differently in how you show up to that particular uh, assignment or level of work because you believe in that. And then it will, you know, it will ebb and it will flow. So I, I really want us to, to, to work on being less afraid of talking about the thing that everybody's talking about um, and start to figure out, okay, well, have I set up or facilitated an environment in which quiet quitting is the norm here? Because I'm, I'm asking people to consistently go whatever quote unquote above and beyond is, um, which I also find can be really subjective. Uh, about above and beyond and when it's used or when someone's quote unquote steps up. Cause I'm like, what, what, why am I consistently stepping up? I'm, I'm stepping into my job every single day. 
what's what's the step up? So I think some of that, the nuance of that language, I think can be really interesting when people are like, I'm really, you know, want to applaud this person for stepping up as though everybody else stepped back. So like words mean things. So think about when you say like this person stepped up and you giving them kudos. And I'm like, because perhaps they didn't, they weren't unable to, or didn't feel strong enough or didn't know how to create a boundary around their time and their energy and how much they're going to show up for a place that pays them. So think about that when like when we give praise or kudos to folks that we might be working with, because um, it can sometimes feel like a dig, like low key. Um, I gently like have an eye roll internally, not externally. Um, when I hear people say that, cause it kind of, it, it puts this kind of adversarial, like this person really stepped up and you, you may be the person that doesn't have time to do all the extra assignments, but you, you are consistent. You are, you are doing the work and you are, um, showing up and you are with minimal flaws. I don't want to say flawless because we all make mistakes and flaws are a part of like being human, but you're showing up, you're doing good work. There's not a question of your work ethic. Uh, people have appreciated what how you've shown up to a table. So think about that when you're when when we give praise to folks. Um, let me see if there's anything else about quiet quitting. Uh, there was a post in a Facebook group that I'm a part of, and I'm not gonna name the Facebook group because then you're gonna try to find me. Um, there's a post that that was in the group, and uh, if I'm being honest, so many posts in that group are it's it's a lot of complaining. It's people who are trying to transition out of a particular field. Um, and it's, a lot of it is complaining. Some of it is people are like, I just, it, it's, uh, I need some help or can somebody tangibly help me? Can I reach out? Is anybody available for a call? Whatever. Um, but it's a lot of misery loves company, which is, 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 is a fine place to be. Um, and sometimes, to be honest, I watch for the shenanigans because sometimes it's funny to see people go back and forth. I'm not above a little bit of the laughter. Um, and I reach out every now and again when I see somebody who I'm like, oh my gosh, this was me three or four years ago or five years ago, or whatever the case may be, I think I can be tangibly helpful without diving deep into whatever this person's like thing that they're going through. Um, and with that, with that, I will say when in the places where we, you know, find ourselves misery loves company, I want to remind myself and everyone that it's okay to have a job. That's just a job. That is a completely acceptable, wonderful thing. Not every job and everything that you do for work is going to bring you joy. Sometimes the job is to fund the stuff that you want to do outside of that. Like you show up to this and things may get a little shaky, but when payday hits, you're like, okay, I'm good. I'm good. You know, maybe at the next two weeks, you'll be like, I can't believe it. And then the money hits, you're like, okay, I'm good because it funds this trip. It funds my side hustle. It funds the, the stuff that I want to do on the side with friends and family. Not everything has to be the thing of life. And that's that's for a lot of people. It's a super unpopular thing to say. Um, and it is also true. It's okay. Every job don't have to be the job of life. Sometimes you work the job to get the check. You don't have to let a, a job break you. And I'm saying this somewhat casually. It's not easy. I know it's not easy to transition out of a, something that you've been doing for a long time. And it's possible. You got into it. You can get out of it. It takes work. It takes intention. Sometimes it takes humbling yourself and asking for the help and not thinking you can do it all on your own. Maybe your, your next pivot is a, a lateral pivot. 
maybe if the next pivot is lateral in compensation, but lower in title. When's the last time you saw somebody's title on on the uh, an obituary or on the gravestone or on the program at the funeral? Ooh, that sounded real like old black lady program. Um, but when's the last time you cared about that? It's about the person. We are all going to have opportunities and jobs that some will fill our cup, some we just get to for the check. Both are just fine. And I think there are some fields of study, fields of study, there are some fields out there um, that really hold on to this. Like you got to be ride or die. I'm not going to die for the job. I'm not going to die for it personally. I don't know anybody who else who who's who who should even really entertain the idea of dying for the job. I want you to have more than that. If you don't want to have more than that for yourself, I want you to have more than like you going through all this stress, you getting ulcers, you getting migraines, you you putting on weight, you're taking it, the weight is falling off real fast, you're losing your hair. Like all of these things, all of these quote unquote things that are happening and that can happen are resolvable. And like I said, that doesn't make it easy. Um, and there's another side of it. I always talk about how um, everything that we do is a choice. Everything. There's a choice in everything. And sometimes the choice is like bad versus shitty. And it's a choice. Um, and there's a point at which we will all choose to start to be like, I don't want to do this anymore, or I can't do this anymore, or your body will humble you and say, you're not going to do this anymore because I'm going to take you out. I am going to make you ill. Um, that whole disease is dis-ease. You don't want to get to the point where your body is, is forcing you to be out because you've stayed in an environment that's toxic, that's unhealthy, that doesn't feel good, that makes you cry every morning, that gives you relief every evening or late afternoon when you walk out the door of the building or when you log off. There's, there's a choice in that. And part of your job or part of each individual's job is to figure out how do I make the next move? It's not easy. It is challenging. You will mourn the thing that feels familiar to you because you're going to jump into some place where you're like, I don't even know what I'm doing. And let me tell you, baby girl or baby boy, baby human, non-binary person, a lot of people don't know what they're doing in their job. Like low key, high key, a lot of people don't know what they're doing in their job. And some, some of these people have been at their job 10, 15, 20 years, they didn't know what they're doing. And you'd be like, how did that happen? I don't have the answer to that. But a lot of people don't know what they're doing. Let me demystify that for you. A lot of people figure it out. But a lot of us during COVID uh, in the HR world or in, the, in some of the other fields, we didn't know what we was doing with COVID. I'm just like, oh, you sniffle. Uh-uh, you're going to have to go home. I'm, I'm going to need you to go home. I don't know what that means. I don't have a rapid test on me. Well, there was a time when there was no rapid tests, um, but nobody knew what they were doing. And we were figuring it out. We were figuring it out. We got a, a, a different handle on that. And then to hear this the damn monkeypox done come like, because we needed another thing, another communicable disease. But we're, we're figuring it out. So if you're like, I got to know X, Y, and Z, I got to get another degree. No, you don't. No, you don't. Unless you want to be like a doctor or a lawyer or something that literally requires like a degree in this. But sometimes we use a degree to be like, oh, I have to get another degree because we want to make the thing harder than what it is insert me at one point when I thought about getting another degree. And I was like, now why would I go into debt voluntarily? There's so many people out here that have just figured this, this HR thing out. And I'm not saying it's easy by any means, but 
it's figure outable. That's what I would tell people like, they're like, I'm not sure. I'm like, damn near everything is figure outable. We'll figure this out together. Or maybe you might be by yourself, but it's figure outable. So I leave you with quiet quitting is happening. Uh, <laughs> quiet promotions are happening all the time. Quiet firing is happening. Um, and the more we steer away from having the conversations with the people that we work with, the louder that narrative will become. And I'm not saying that you got to talk to somebody and they'll have the answer or that you have to have the answer, but pretending like it's like the big elephant, if you will, is not in the room. Mm, you're doing a disservice. It helps to, to look at the, the thing that's going on that people are talking about and figure out how do we be less of that? How are we less of an environment where people feel like they need to, to quiet quit? So um, with that, thanks for joining me for this episode. So again, talked about public student loan forgiveness, quiet quitting, quiet promotions and quiet firing, all real things. Um, you can find me on Instagram at, oh Lord Jesus, you would think by now I would have this under, under wraps now, wouldn't you? Um, at two quick things, um, is the Instagram account. You can find me on Apple podcasts, uh, Google podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, all the places where you normally listen to podcasts, share with your friends. And thank you so much for, uh, joining me as I dip my toe back in and take it back out when I want to, because I'm grown. All right. Y'all take care. Bye.